This morning's reading is Numbers 18, verses 17 to 20, which is on page 156, if you want to follow it in the Pew Bible. But you must not redeem the firstborn of a cow, a sheep, or a goat. They are holy. Splash their blood against the altar and burn their fat as a food offering, an aroma pleasing to the Lord. Their meat is to be yours, just as the breast of the wave offering and the ripe thigh are yours. Whatever is set aside from the holy offerings the Israelites present to the Lord, I give to you and your sons and daughters as your perpetual share. It is an everlasting covenant of salt before the Lord for both you and your offspring. The Lord said to Aaron, You will have no inheritance in their land, nor will you have any share among them. I am your share and your inheritance among the Israelites. This is the word of the Lord. Almighty God, thank you. Thank you for speaking to your people throughout the ages. Thank you for speaking to Moses and to Aaron as they led your people through the wilderness. And we ask that you would speak to us now through that same spirit, your spirit. Amen. So as you remember, we are following this community of the Israelites. They've come out of Egypt. Uh, They've had this experience at Marah and Elim. And they are on their way to the promised land. Uh, And one thing for sure in the desert is that you don't want to be on your own. Because if you're on your own, it is a very inhospitable place. You need support, you need guidance, you need friendship and encouragement. You need somebody else to spot the signs of weariness and worry and dehydration and poor health in yourself. You can't do it on your own. The wilderness is dry, it's hot, it lacks basic nutrients. One sand dune looks remarkably like the next one, except that they keep changing day by day, so you're never quite sure if it's the same one at all. And as a new community setting out on this journey, they have to rely on each other. Now, I don't know how many there were. There were more than in this uh, church and online this morning. Uh, Opinions vary, anything from about 3,000 up to 300,000, so no great uh, variance there. Um, But anyway, there's a lot of them. And these people are trying to get to know each other. They've been slaves, they've been put down and oppressed. But here they are in the most inhospitable place as a new group of people, what to do. What you need is a common denominator, something to bind you together, to give you a common purpose or belief, uh, a single direction of travel. People going off in their own directions would be a disaster. And in any community, I guess that What you want more than anything else is trust. If you're in a difficult spot, a tight spot, you need to trust the people 
that are with you. You need to know that you can rely upon them. You need to know that they're open. There's nothing subversive or hidden in the background. We used to say at our partners' meetings, we don't want committee by the bar. We have committee in the board meeting, not afterwards. If you've got something to say, say it. What you need is an agreement that everyone is signed up to and no doubt what they're following and that you're following it together. And that's why the agreement at the time was a covenant. And as we've seen, the covenants were between God and human. And largely it's God making the running. Uh, Covenants were quite uh, common uh, and it's one party offering something to another party, usually for something in return. So if one, um, uh, one nation had just beaten another in a war, they would, can't, they would reach an agreement, a covenant uh, agreement between them, usually a vassal agreement, they were called. And there are these, actually five, major covenants. They said four, because of course the fifth was the new Covenant, Jesus Christ, encompassing all of the other four in one. We had Noah promising protection for the people, Abraham promising many uh, ancestors, Moses or the people of Israel uh, that God would be faithful to them, uh, and then the Davidic covenant where this line of David would bring forth uh, true blessing. And then As Jeremiah says, I will be their God, they will be my people. And he speaks specifically about Jesus. And our reading was from uh, Numbers. Uh, We could have used 2 Chronicles 13 verse 5, it's exactly the same, where it talks about this covenant of salt. Sealed with salt. And when you're not carrying through the desert a whole library of books and documents, uh, something that you are carrying as an agreement is quite a useful mechanism. And the beauty of this uh, community is how hospitable they were. In fact, this whole nation is known for its hospitality, as we are beginning to be known here as a community where hospitality is right at its core. And when they would share with each other, what did they have on every table that they could share with each other? Salt. And this salt would be a sign of agreement. So if you sat with a meal and you both took the salt, it was a signal that you were both in agreement with each other. This was the covenant and partnership that you were making with each other. And that's why it is called the covenant of salt. Now we tend not to find salt as particularly remarkable. We've got so much of it. We, we, you know, I mean, what type of salt do you want? Do you want rock salt? Do you want flake salt? Do you want chunks of salt? Do you want table salt? Cooking salt? Uh, you name it, I'll get it for you. We've got so much, it's just salt. But salt then was really, really important. The Roman soldiers were part paid in salt. It was called um, salt money. 
from which the word salary comes because it was their regular payment. We say, don't we, that someone is worth their salt. It's so important, it's so precious. You are worth your salt. That was a great commendation. To seal the deal, you throw salt over your shoulder. We don't anymore. Boardrooms would be full of this stuff, wouldn't it? But I mean, cleaners would have a, a riot. Salt has extraordinary properties which are vital in the desert. No fridges, very few medicines, no flavouring, but salt can do it all. Salt was so important, but the most important part of all is that its properties do not change. Salt is salt. And what did Jesus say? If a salt loses its saltiness, throw it away. And around the Dead Sea, which, I mean, they had the world surplus, didn't they? Dried salt. But around the Dead Sea, a lot of the outside of the salt apparently has no taste. And they break it up and use the inside and throw the rest away. Literally throw it away. It's not worth anything. But the salt itself will not lose its flavour. And it's this idea of permanence that is being used in this passage This is specifically to Aaron and the the priests that are going to uh, look after the um, temple of God and all the religious uh, rites. And God is, is saying to them, you know, use that for sacrifice, but this is yours. And it's going to be a covenant of salt. It's going to be permanent and consistent and constant because I am with you. I will be your God forever. And that's why it's a covenant of salt. It was seen as so important that they used it on their sacrifices. Uh, There are several examples I could use. I'll just use the one from Ezekiel. Um, this is about their sacrifices you are to offer the sacrifices before the Lord the priests are to sprinkle salt on them and sacrifice them as a burnt offering to the Lord and the idea of putting the salt on the sacrifice was again it is becoming part of the permanent relationship the partnership between God and human and that is what we want to sacrifice to say God we're with you just as you are with us. This passage in Numbers comes uh, shortly after there was a, a group of individuals in this community who were trying to break away. They said, Moses, you're nothing special. You are no better than the rest of us. So why are we taking orders from you? We should be doing our own thing. Moses, of course, would have agreed with all of that. He was nothing special. He made that quite clear to God himself. But if they were to follow the path that God had ordained for them, they had to do it together. They had to learn the lessons together and not wrestle back control for themselves. That is what that, all that imagery of the covenant was saying. That the people of Israel continually broke the covenant because they wrestled back control for themselves. 
They didn't walk the path that was set before them. And Jesus picks up this same idea under the new covenant. You are the salt of the earth. Yes, it's because we are flavouring. Yes, it's because we, we make new things happen, make new flavours come out. But it's this permanence that is so crucial. The relationship that we have with God is constant and it's whole. And then the flavours come through because it brings with it right thinking and right actions. So in our community here, however hospitable we are and whatever range of hospitality we show, first of all, we have our relationship with God. That comes first. And then from that, from that covenant of salt, the constancy and fidelity of salt, then, as we are touched by this same covenant, so we can be hospitable to others. We are not bigger than God, we're flavoured by God. So we interact with each other. And it marks us out as trustworthy, as open, as consistent and constant and permanent and loving. So what does this look like? Well, it looks a bit like our conversation. That's why we had it. Because when we meet together in the vicarage on a Tuesday evening, not this Tuesday, it's book club. Following week is our last one. But when we meet in the vicarage, we are not thinking the same things. Some of us are on one end of a a, a thought process and belief structure and some of us are on a different end. But we're all there together and actually those ends seem to be blurring a bit and we understand where other people are coming from. We may not still agree with them. My views are broadly similar to where they were. But there's a few chinks of light coming through so that I can see alternatives. I can see where other people are coming from. I respect their view in a way that I hadn't before. And what is so lovely is that as a group of 14 people with 14 different ideas, we love each other. And we're all exploring the same thing together. We are in the desert and we're looking after each other. And we are caring for each other. And I have to say, as I said earlier, it's an evening I look forward to. Because that thought process, like you Caroline, keeps me awake. On a Tuesday night it is very difficult to go to sleep. And then when I meet people on Wednesday and Thursday, they also want to talk about what we talked about on Tuesday. So it keeps going. It's exciting to be there. It's exciting to be part of the community of God when we're wrestling with God. And we really are wrestling with God and God's scripture and with each other. And this goes through a whole range of things. The book club is on Tuesday at 8 o'clock at the vicarage. Home fires. Kamsi Shamsi? Anyway, something like that. 
you can tell I haven't actually read this one. So I will be there to light the fire, but I'll then go, because I haven't read the book. But some of you will like the book. Some of you will have hated it. But that's good. That is what the book club is supposed to be like. You're not supposed to all enjoy it, but you're supposed to bring forward your ideas, being vulnerable, but in the knowledge that the next person isn't going to undermine you and say what a fool you are, but to say, I'd never thought of it that way before. Tell me a bit more. What do you mean? How do you understand it that way? Why did you think about that? I thought that character was terrible. You liked them? What do you mean? How did you like them? Oh, I see. That's how you liked them. We don't think the same. But we are all human beings under the same God who loves us all. And so as a community we can learn and grow and embrace and encompass so much more by letting go of some of our prejudice and personal belief because we're guided by God and not ourselves. We're also going to be changing our home groups. Uh, Hopefully most of you have seen the email. If you haven't and you want to be part of an email, do let me know because um, I, I would love to put you in a home group except they're going to be connect groups. How exciting is that? The name changes. I can tell you're already up for it. And they're called Connect Groups for two reasons. Firstly, because when I asked Heather, uh, when she was here, to update the board at the back, she put them on Connect Groups rather than Home Groups. I don't know why she did that. I I know we've been talking about it, but she did. So I thought, well, let's run with it. But actually, there's a much bigger and more important reason why they're going to be connect groups. Because connect groups are where we make connections with each other. They're small groups of people who are vulnerable with each other. In a place of safety, where we make connections with each other because we are connected with God. And again, we see this connection with God flowing out into each other. But it doesn't stop in our group. Because a connect group, the whole purpose of a connect group is that you connect with your neighbour or your friends or your community. And so those connect groups make connections. And so they grow. But they are places where we learn from each other. As Jesus said, love each other as I have loved you. And I believe that we want our community here in Wanish and Blackheath to be a community where we are all valued, all accepted, all supported, all encouraged, where we all look out for each other. We are in a wilderness together. And without the person next to you, you may die. Because they will see in you the signs of life. Or the lack of life. If you were in the desert. This community, our community, must appear different because of the people that we are and the way that we live. We are the salt of the earth. We are the people of God. And to use that line from an old song, which we're not going to sing because I I think it's a bit of a dirge, but they know we are Christians by our love. They will know that we are Christians by our love because of that covenant of salt 
the permanence of God and his love for us. Let's pray, shall we? God, you are so faithful to us. You never, ever let us down. I'm reminded of that poem on the the beach of footprints. It's when we find those really tough times. We see only one set of footprints in the sand. It's then that you carried us. Faithful God, walk with us, we ask this week. Remind us of that covenant of salt that we may be hospitable and look out and love others in the way that you have loved us. In your name. Amen.